Oh, welcome to another thrilling week of the Fiber Coven podcast. We're so excited to talk to you about some yarny stuff and a little bit of witchy stuff on the side. I'm Lauren from Valkyrie Fibers. And I'm Emily from Kitty with a Cupcake. Hooray. We usually start off with a little bit of news. And Emily, where can everybody see you next? I will be at the Logan Street Market on the 21st of this month from 11 a.m. to like 4 p.m. If you haven't been there and you're local to Louisville, it is a cool little indoor food market with various food vendors, all different types of snacks and delicious things and artists. Uh, We'll have tables around. I know there's a cool local potter. I met some people who made an Oracle deck last time. I went like, there's all sorts of stuff going on. You don't know what you'll find. Um, So come see me there. And then Secondary news, that same weekend, uh, May 21st and 22nd, is the Kentucky Sheep and Fiber Festival. Um, So if you are local to Kentucky, you should go visit that and uh, pet the animals, shop for some yarn and fiber. I am on the board of the Kentucky Sheep and Fiber Festival and coordinate our classes. So Fonzie. Mm -hmm. That's exciting. Well, I did finish a thing this week. I finished... A third baby hat. The super (laughs) neon baby hat. It's a super neon baby hat. The person who in my family who is spawning is youthful and they will like it. Um, So it's a little like grazy ribbing with a bright neon yellow top. And I just decided I didn't want to play yarn chicken for like, because I wanted to use up all of my scrap and I didn't want to like play yarn chicken for doing the decreases. So I just flipped it inside out and did a three needle bind off so that it has like the sort of ears, like the pussy hat trend. I think it's going to be really cute for a little baby hat with the little ears. Yeah, so you can just see from the inside, I had the little three needle bind off, gives it a lot of little structure and makes the ears like nice and nice and poppy. It It's cheerful. It's really cute. But I guess one vanilla project off the needles and I had to put another vanilla project on the needles. So I guess I can launch into works in progress and show you my vanilla sock. Yeah. Look at that. Oh, it's in your new color. It's in my new. This is my wow, new color. I like it. Yes. So this is um, what will be in my shop update on May 15th. It's a 13 stripe self striper inspired by our flag means death. And it's just bananas. It makes me happy. I've gotten through one whole stripe repeat. I've already, I had like 40, a 40 gram ball left over on my cones. So this is what I'm using to make a little pair of wee socks. I've already placed the, the marker for my afterthought heel. I think it's really fun. It is so now really that fun. I've like, forced you to watch this show you can kind of see like this is my little section inspired by like Olu and Jim Mm -hmm. and then like Ed and Steed and then like I did some Lucius colors here and it makes me so happy is Steed the hot pink one no he's just kind of like this little section and then the hot pink was just for kicks and giggles I know that the chef, the chef guy has a hot pink yeah Mm -hmm. he does have hot pink in the shirt and there's hot pink in like the promo materials too mm-hmm. i just thought i needed some hot pink nice little vanilla project mm-hmm. what all have you been working on i've been working on stuff i have i think mostly worked on my vanilla sock and my cotton candy macaron which the mm-hmm. cotton candy macaron i swear i'm working on it but because it's a crescent shawl it's just i mean it doesn't this look almost exactly like what i showed you last week yeah Mm -hmm. it is (laughs) (laughs) so i did that i have 
this ball is never going to end. I swear. <laughs> it's an everlasting gobstopper. It is. Um, so that's in the junk yarn Polly Pocket colorway. And then I'm working mm-hmm. on the nitpick socks. And I have made lots of progress on these. This is the second sock. And oh my I, gosh, you're nearly done. I'm nearly done. I'm almost to the toe. Wow. wow. That's so fun. Mm-hmm. Nice yep. work. So those are those are going, doing stuff. Mm-hmm. Did lots of work at them uh, at Chad's ghost gig. Uh, that didn't happen. Uh, there was like a scheduling snafu with a gig that Claire uh. and I were supposed to go to. So uh, it the gig didn't happen. So then we went to a bar instead. And that's where I nice. made a lot of progress on my socks. Um, and then I have worked a bit on my color work socks, but they don't look that different from the last time I showed them to you. So mm. I think Mine. that you and Clara are going to uh, beat me, even though I started way before you. <laughs> yeah, well, I did have a setback on mine this week. I made it through most of the leg when I realized that like my gauge was just off. Like I was at a totally different section in the self-striping yarn than I was before. So I ripped entirely back to the cuff and started over, but I think I've, I've remade progress. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, I switched over on my audiobooks. I found out Andy circus narrates a Lord of the Rings. Oh, cool. So yeah, that is going to be in my recommendations in office hours, but I'm saying it here. It's delightful. So I, I made the switch over to that. And then I like cranked through all of this while I was listening to Andy Circus Tell me, tell me tales and sing me songs. Cause he sings the songs. And That's it's not like the rings without the songs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I'm about at least halfway through the leg. Nice. Put some more work into it. And this is uh, a lot more looking a lot more like the, the first sock I did, my gauge was just super loose. Do you know why it one. was loose? I don't know. I knit them both inside out, but I think I was just really loose on the inside out. So I switched over to right side out like normal and it's looking better. They're looking much more matchy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They were your before. colors are like at the same spot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is what I'm going for. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I've been working on that and I put two more rows into my giant northeasterly blanket. Uh, It's sitting on my lap because it's cold in Tahoe. It's been snowing this week. It's gross. I hate it. I'm done. I'm done with the snow, but it's been so nice to work on a blanket. So these are my two new rows. Ooh, I like that. Look at the way this pooled. I have this one and it's like black and orange and it, and it pooled really weird in the little chevron pattern. It's cool. Yeah, it looks like it's got little like faux eyes to distract predators. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's super neat. Um, yeah, so two more rows in this. It's now the width, I'd say, of maybe a twin bed. Uh, kind of shy for a twin bed, but this is, it's it's long enough to cover me. It's actually, <laughs> I can tell it's getting wider because um, when I work on it, there's enough room for it to cover me and this sort of space next to me for the cat to sit on it. <sighs> Have you been knitting on anything else? No, that's that's it. Mm-hmm. Well, sweet. I did acquire a couple things. Didn't get anything this week, did you? No. No, I have received Not really. large things for my studio. I received a couch mm-hmm. <laughs> and... Uh, you know, shelves and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Not fun <laughs> things to show off on a podcast. 
No, no. <laughs> You're going to have to take us on a studio tour once you get it all nice, though. I will. That will be good bonus content. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I popped into Wildwood Makers Market, which is connected to my local yarn shop. I was low on thank you cards. So I got some fun indie thank you cards just because I like them. I got some mushrooms. I like the mushrooms. Yeah. Yeah. And these are from Lucky Horse Press. And I got a sticker and it says, we are not free until everyone is free. And it's a little black bird, which is nice. I like stickers. And I also got in the mail the sequel to a book I read. The mm. sequel is called Deathless Divide. Mm. It's a YA historical fiction zombie book. It's mm-hmm. fun. The first book was called Dread Nation. It was good. It was a fun zombie book. I liked it. It's set during Reconstruction era and like, the heroine is just a lying, scheming weasel, and I love her. Like, she would make Odysseus proud. I got that. And then I have a surprise purchase. I wouldn't be showing it to you because um, it's a normal, everyday thing, but I was very excited. I got Star Wars postage stamps. What? I want Star Wars postage stamps. Like, have you, have you seen these? No, they're so great. Look, there's ID-11 and, of course, R2 and 3PO. There's a chopper. a chopper and a gonk droid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was just like, <laughs> I was like in the post hub saying they have my favorite robot from the cartoons. <laughs> like a child. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what I got this week. Love it. Love um, it. Great. Oh my gosh. We are just flying through content. Okay, no. We're here for a good time, not a long time. Is it time for me to tell you a tale? Yes, please. Tell me a story. I will tell you a story. So today for Occult Corner, we're going to talk about an American cryptid, Mothman. So if you don't like cryptid stuff or like spooky stories, this might be your cue to go. I definitely binged on Mothman-like paranormal documentaries (laughs) yesterday, so uh, strap in. Uh, If you would like to learn more, my source materials were lore episode 47, as well as like said paranormal documentaries, which I believe called like the Mothman of Point Pleasant and the Mothman A Legacy. Those are both on uh, Prime Video. We'll have it in the show notes. Okay. Should I tell you what I know about Mothman before? Because I know like nothing. So what I know about Mothman is there's a movie called The Mothman Mm -hmm. Chronicles. I saw it when I was... Okay, that one. The Mothman Prophecies. And I saw it Uh when I was pretty young. Uh, Uh I was probably in like fifth or sixth grade. And it was too scary for me. And it contributed to me hating all scary movies. Is Richard Gere in it? Yes. Is That's what I know about Mothman. <laughs> it is a 2002 movie called The Mothman Prophecies based off of a semi-autobiographical novel by John Keel. Okay. That's what I know. And, who, and he was a, a sci-fi writer, which is who was involved in like the Mothman stuff that goes on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't seen that one. I don't remember I don't anything why. other than Richard Gere being in it. And I was very scared of it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a good, like the early 2000s were a good time for horror. See, like I was definitely traumatized by horror movies in the early 2000s, but that just made me enjoy them. Mm. 
I remember the ring being particularly traumatizing. That's another reason why I don't enjoy horror films. I think I just don't like them. I don't know that I should blame the films, but yeah, I, right. I re- those are some of the ones I've seen and I really didn't enjoy it. <laughs> I'm very picky. Like I, I will not watch like even like an American horror story and stuff like that. I do not like to watch that stuff alone at night, but if I'm with friends and loved ones, I can watch them at night or I can watch them by myself during the daytime. Anyway, anyway, tell me about Mothman aside from Richard Gere. I feel like I should know more. (laughs) Okay, so the scene, it's 1966 and we are in Point Pleasant, West Virginia. This is in the Ohio River Valley. So picture like Appalachian, like rivers and rolling hills, mountains, I'm assuming nearby. It's 1966. The space race is on. People are constantly looking at the sky like, is that Sputnik? Is that the Russians? Yeah, so that's kind of the environment we're in. It is November 15th, 1966, cold winter night. Two young couples are out uh, in the local, like, kind of like, you know, the spot where young couples drive and mess around. And in this area, it happens to be a deserted munitions factory from World War II that's become kind of like a toxic dump of chemicals. Oh, (laughs) in this like large wildlife preserve area um apparently one of the young gentlemen it's his car and he's really excited that it is like apparently a decent car i don't remember what kind of kind it is but they pull up into this like abandoned munitions factory and they see like in the light in the in their headlights kind of on the edge of like what they can see illuminated by the headlights this like shuffling lumbering figure that's kind of grayish and lumpy and it doesn't and it has a very like unusual gait but it is like human size all of the mothman sightings claim that it is like six to seven feet tall with like a 10 to 12 foot wingspan so like big thing but they don't get a good look of it they just see this like human sized shape lumbering off and it gives these two young couples the creeps and they turn the car around and GTFO. But this thing starts flying and Mm. chasing them. And apparently on a long stretch of road on their way back, they get this car up to damn near 100 miles an hour. And this thing is keeping pace with them. And it doesn't leave them until they hit the lights of town. So that is one of the first sightings, nearly contemporaneous. It might've been a couple days before, definitely within the same week. Uh, a handful of local grave diggers a few towns over were outside digging a grave and they saw a man-sized bird thing sitting in a tree that like swooped down over them and they didn't know what it is and this this incident so like this like week in November of 1966 starts off just like a total mass hysteria craze of seeing Mothman you get the consistent descriptions of this thing are six to seven feet tall, 10 to 12 foot wingspan, glowing red eyes. They, and if they see it on foot, it seems very awkward uh, walking on its feet. It has, I've heard backwards knees, which I mean, it could just be just the way like birds knees are. Mm-hmm. They face backwards. If either it's described, the wings are both described as having feathers or having, or, or being kind of bat-like descriptions vary. The flight patterns of this thing are described as being able to move like a helicopter. Like it can apparently just go straight up, which is a little disturbing. Mm -hmm. Um, And they're definitely, 
a lot that are centered around this old TNT fa- like factory, like the abandoned munitions area from World War II. And of course, once these the, that like first young couple has a bad experience, a, a lot of people are like, let's go hunt this down. Like people, hunters look for it in the woods. Some see it. Some some people like go and check out the old abandoned buildings in around that area and claim they see it, but it is just basically an entire year of frenzy of people from like all over seeing this thing. And it actually kind of peaks. Well, another type of sighting that people are, are claiming of this is like your standard, like sleep paralysis demon thing. Like, yeah, I woke up and it was in my, there was a thing on at me. me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people are also saying they're having nightmares, particularly nightmares of like water and brightly colored things in the water. And like, it's kind of like Mothman and water centered nightmares. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's been just over a year. It is now December 15th of 1967. It's, it's a Friday. It's a payday. It's the week before Christmas. So people are out, people are shopping and people are on the local, uh, the, the silver bridge, which is a local bridge, uh, which was made for when cars weighed in the like neighborhood of less than a ton as opposed to several tons. So, and the, because the bridge is packed because it's a busy time of year and people are out, this bridge collapses and it's just a huge disaster and close to 50 people lose their lives. And like a lot of people, and this could totally be people looking for attention after the fact were like these were the nightmares I had those were presents and cars in the water that I saw but it was a horrible disaster all these people lost their lives and honestly the Mothman stuff seems to have died down when the town was like trying to you know save lives and recover bodies and cars and things but after the fact like after like the town had started rebuilding people started being like I saw Mothman on the bridge before it mm-hmm. collapsed or like I had nightmares about this, which people always do like psychics that embed themselves in true crime stuff. Yeah. So, and that is kind of the origin story of the Mothman. People who are looking for an explanation say it's a sandhill crane or just a really big owl. But there's that one owl that like looks like a person and is creepy. If I was a grave digger and I saw that owl, I'd be like, what the heck is that owl? No, Mm -hmm. no, that's not an owl. It's a scary man. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And, but I get that birds have enormous wingspans. Like there are birds out there with enormous wingspans. Like, so I get the people estimating like these huge wingspans, but these things when they're standing are nowhere. Like if it's on the ground, Mm -hmm. these things are not people height. How like big these, is the harpy eagle? Is that what I'm thinking of? The harpy owl? Yeah. I mean, like, sure. Maybe like a Chilean condor is that big, but mm-hmm. like not the sandhill crane or, or, or like owls indigenous to America. Yeah, true, true. Um, but there's also, since the uh, sightings were centered around this abandoned munitions factory, which had been a chemical dumping site, people were doing like the sci-fi thing, like it's a mutation. Mm-hmm. Um. So they were definitely saying that it was also noted that during the time of the Mothman sightings before the bridge collapse, there were a lot of alien, alien sightings by the people in this town as well. So it was definitely a mass hysteria thing kind of going on, which I think is super interesting. 
And I did kind of want to touch on archetypes too. So like sleep paralysis is a, a noted scientific thing and humans love categorizing and patterning. So of course we're going to put what's in the cultural uh, zeitgeist or like the cultural moment. We're going to put our fears onto that sort of a thing. So like, like sleep paralysis demons back in, you know, pre-modern times and like the middle ages, they were all like Christian Christianized demons. And now it's just kind of, uh, evolving in a modern society into like sci-fi monsters like this. So that could be something that was going on. Also, like uh, they say, uh, well, some psychologists and scientists say that a lot of alien abduction experiences people might have might be related to sleep paralysis incidents as well. Mm -hmm. Another archetype that the Mothman touches on is the Birdman. So all through human history, people have, have had human bird compilations. There's like you can, I mean, you can just go back to like Horus in the Egyptian mythology. There's anthropomorphized human-sized birds everywhere. It's something that's definitely part of like the human cultural experience. Bird gods and bird shapeshifters, that's always been a thing. Something interesting to point out is that the West Virginia area where all this Mothman stuff took place was largely settled by Scotch-Irish immigrants. So they have a rich mythological history. And if you think about things like the Morrigan or the Banshee, mm -hmm. which are bird-related, human, human-ish, humanoid uh, mythological creatures that are harbingers of, they're the harbingers of doom or bad portents. So that's definitely part of the cultural heritage of the people who colonized that space. So it's basically like a, uh, a different scary face on the same idea of like a banshee or the Morrigan mm -hmm. bird-like humanoid tells bad news. So I thought that was pretty interesting. Another interesting thing that came up is there were, de there were um, I shouldn't say definitely, we don't know. There are reportedly sightings of a large, mysterious, bird-like, dark, human-sized creature in the weeks before the Chernobyl disaster as well. So a lot of people think that um, that might have been Mothman as well, trying to warn of the Chernobyl disaster. I have a question. Uh-huh. Why is it called Mothman if it's like a bird man? Because of the huge glowing red eyes. They're larger than bird eyes. They, I think they take up like a larger, like, I think the proportion of the eyes is insect proportions, not bird proportions. And also this thing, uh, they don't really report it as having like a distinct head or neck. It's just kind of like a lumpy head that sticks out of the trunk. I think the lack of the neck as well mm -hmm. as the disproportionately large eyes. And moths are scarier than birds. Yeah. I mean, like, why not put a new twist on it? And also mm -hmm. because the descriptions of the wings vary from mm -hmm. being bird-like to bat-like to perhaps insect-like. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Mothman, an American cryptid. Wow. Mm -hmm. Oh, there was another thing that was kind of brought up in one of the documentaries that I thought was interesting. Uh, Point Pleasant, West Virginia, where all this takes place is on a confluence of two rivers. And so there's that crossroads element to it. Oh. We've talked about crossroads mythology a bit before, but it's basically, you know, it's one of those like liminal space things. And that's what a lot of 
uh, modern paranormal hunter or like paranormal interested people think about many cryptids, including the Mothman is perhaps there are like there's senses we don't have as humans that but still exist in the world. And maybe there are places where the veil is a little thin and allows like a little bit of that perception to cross over between the sensory apparatus we have and everything that exists out in the world. Neat. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot of uh, cool Mothman art out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's interesting too, that a lot of like the Mothman sightings range from like malevolent sleep paralysis demon to like, this just seemed like a lonely animal looking for connection sort of a thing. Not everybody was scared of it. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Well, I hope I made a somewhat cohesive ramble out of my Mothman yeah! yesterday. I learned what the Mothman is aside from just something that scares Richard Gere. So mm-hmm. I'm sure other people did too. (laughs) And to this day, there is a Mothman Museum in Point Pleasant, West Virginia. And there is a Mothman Festival every year. And it is the second biggest festival in all of West Virginia. Wow, that's fun. (laughs) (laughs) They have a statue in the town. It's nice and creepy. Uh, It's just like weird. It's not like scary. So if you want to go Google like the Mothman statue or the Mothman Festival, that might be a fun one to look at. Mm -hmm. I think it's fun that we have some American cryptids. Totes. Mm-hmm. Maybe we'll have to like dip into some of the other ones like Sasquatch and things. Mm-hmm. I know there's a Kentucky one, but I forget what it's called. Yeah. Yeah. There's the Jersey Devil. All sorts of things. Mm-hmm. Rad. Well, that's about all I've got on the Mothman. We can do um, shameless self-promotion time. Mm-hmm. Who wants to go first? Whatever. I'll go first. So okay. I am having an update on May 15th, Sunday, 9 a.m. Pacific. And I'm going to have all of the colorways I died inspired by our flag means death. I'm going to have the 13 stripe self-striping mm. on high twist BFL as well as Matt sock. I think it looks great. It's just, I don't even know how to describe it. There's some like muted grungy colors. There's some really bright colors. It's, I think it's a good mix. I think Mm -hmm. it's fun and summery. I will also be having this set right here, which is pyramid steam and 40 orange glaze. And I think it'd be really good if you wanted to make your version of Olu's hat. There is a free pattern by Disyarning called Our Hat Means Death. And you could use these colors here. I'll also have Massive Aggression, which is the very bright pink, and Moon Glow, which is a light blue, like minty blue. That's fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'll be having all these on the 15th, 9 a.m. Pacific. And Emily, tell, tell everybody the exciting news. I have an advent calendar coming out for halloween this year yeah so it will be a 13 day advent calendar it's called trick or treat and it's very like classic nostalgic halloween inspired and it's going to be a charm bracelet advent calendar so you'll get 12 little lobster claw clasp charms Uh, You'll get a bracelet that you can keep all of your charms on. The charms, of course, also work great as knitting progress keepers. And then on the 13th day, you will get a special pin. Uh, So it's going to be really fun. They're all brand new designs. Uh, They're going to be really cute. Buttercup thinks so too. And also there are some 
additional things that you can add on. Uh, Lauren is going to dye up a sock set for the advent calendar. So you can add that on, which will be cool. And that will be regular sock set, full skein, mini skein situation. Uh, and then I will also have a bag that will be like the zipper uh, sock project style bag uh, that will match some of the charm designs and stuff. Uh, So that will be really fun. The pre-order for this is going to go up in my kittywithacupcake.com shop on Tuesday, uh, May 17th at noon. So yep, that pre-order will go up then. Uh, the actual kits will ship in September. Yay. Mm-hmm. I'm excited. I think I'm it's going to be great. Too. And I hope it sells well. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what's going on with that. And I also have uh, people are asking me questions about it in my Instagram stories, and I'm going to pin those. Uh, so if you have questions about it before the listing goes up, you can go check out my pinned thing on Instagram to read the questions. Yay. Yay. Amazing. So if you are looking to find us anywhere around the internet, if you're looking to find my yarn or Emily's amazing merch or knitting patterns, you can just head on over to fibercoven.com where you will find all that as well as show notes for this episode and links to our Patreon, which is very cool. All of which you should check out, but until next week, Coven, keep making yarn magic. Bye. Bye. Bye.